parental guidance is suggested. Drive home with Anthony. There seems to be something wrong. There seems to be something wrong. There seems to be something wrong with the communication between my asshole and my brain. There's a breakdown somewhere here. There's definitely, there's something, it's like, you know, it's like a Japanese guy talking to an Italian guy and they're only talking in their own respective languages. Something's not working out right. They're understanding their general emotion towards each other. One may be upset, one may be really happy, something like that, right? They understand that there's something happening, but what it is exactly is, is what's confusing. There's something wrong between the communication of my asshole and my brain. Here's why. There are times when I go to make poopies and I feel as if I'm giving birth. Like a baby is coming out of me like a Titanic-esque shit is evacuating my lower colon. And I look in the bowl only to find an M&M-sized, you know, rabbit, perfectly round pellet of shit in the toilet bowl. What the fuck is that? It, it, it takes a lot of pushing and effort, and I'm sweating, and I look down, and there's the brown M&M. It's in the bowl, you know, and I'm like, where's the rest of it? And then there are some times where I feel as if, like, oh, I, I, think, I feel like I got a little something in there. I got a little something left over, maybe. You know? And you go, and you, you know, you can feel like you can kind of feel your asshole open, you know, and it's like, oh, that, that was only open for like a half a second. That must have been tiny. And you look in the bowl, and there's a huge, there's like a baby sized shit in the bowl. What is that? I don't, listen, I don't know what your beliefs are, right? God, did God create us? Are we simply just an accident of chemicals that have just, evolution, you know, has taken its toll and we are who we are today. You believe in the theory of evolution. I'm not sure who's responsible, but whatever it was, the universe or God, somebody fucked up the link between my asshole and my brain because there, it, there's, there's no communication there. It's just not, not, one doesn't know what the other's got. It knows when it's time to send the load out, right? When the, when the ship pulls into the dock, Okay, and, you know, and all the cars or whatever it's carrying is about to come off, be unloaded. It knows that. It hears the horn in the harbor. Gets all the warning signs. But as far as the actual procedure goes, there just seems to be a a serious breakdown in communication. Because I have no idea what's going on down there. You know, size-wise, I have no idea. I have no I wish you could sit on the toilet and your brain like a backup camera on a car. You know, like there's something in your brain where you can kind of see what's coming out of your asshole. This way you know what you're in for. Size, color, maybe a little blood's included. I don't know what kind of struggles you're going through right now, whatever it is. It would be nice if we as humans had a backup camera to let us know 
what was going on with our shits. Because I feel like it's a surprise every time. I never know what I'm going to get. I never know what I'm going to get. You know? It's like those little dumb, dumb lollipops. Remember those? There was always that one with the question marks outside. Mystery flavor. It's exactly like that. We need a backup camera for our assholes. I feel is uh, very strong about this. You know what I'm saying? Just let us know what's cooking back there. Because let's be honest. You go into that first wipe, that first wipe, it's petrifying sometimes. I mean, it's downright petrifying. You don't know what you're going to get. You have no idea what to expect. That's why I always err on the side of precaution. That first wipe, is a, that's a thick roll of toilet paper going in there. I never know what to expect. I never know what to expect. But the communication between my asshole and my brain is, um, it, it's broken down. It is, it is broken down. It is, it is like Kennedy and Castro talking during the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's very tense and it's mostly incorrect. And you just, you, you hope that, you know, the end of, of existence doesn't occur. That's really all you can hope for. Sort of the same net result, right? Try not to blow up the planet with nuclear whatever. Try not to blow up the toilet bowl with shitty whatever. It's just kind of almost the same thing. That is genius, though. A backup camera for your asshole. Just so you know what's going on. Have to have some sort of a light, like those webcams that you got on the computer. You know, there's always that little light next to it. Got to get a little light in there because it's dark with the toilet bowl and whatnot. Again, I feel as if I am the only one thinking about how to make our lives better. I, I wish other people, outside of myself and like hotel chains, I don't know if there's anybody else working on the human experience, you know, and just making living a little bit better. I don't know if anybody else is working on this. The uh, Anthony on Air podcast and asshole analysis is brought to you by iPage. Get a professional looking website. Maybe you're thinking about developing a product. Maybe it's called the Asshole Backup Cam. I don't know. I don't know what you're into. Whether it's a product, maybe you're selling, you know, your homemade Christmas ornaments. Maybe you run an organization, a community organization. Maybe you just got a blog. You got something to say. You want people to take you serious. You got to have a professional-looking website. And that's only going to happen by working with iPage. I work with iPage. That's where anthonyonair.com comes from. The iPage servers. Those guys are the best. I like them because they're inexpensive. They have a fantastic product. It's easy to build a website, change it and update it on a consistent basis. And also they're there for you 24 hours a day with customer service support. It's the best thing I've ever come across on the internet. Besides that Kim Kardashian video. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> <clears throat> In all seriousness, go to anthonyonair.com, click on the iPage banners, they're all over the place, and get yourself a professional-looking website today. Let them know you heard from anthonyonair.com and the Anthony On Air podcast. Get yourself a professional-looking website right now. Go to anthonyonair.com and click on that banner. You will be in business officially because you will have a serious-looking website that people can take seriously. What else? Uh, we lost James Gandolfini this week. Holy, holy cow, am I just devastated over this. Devastated. I love this guy. He was the best. 
One of my favorite actors. I said this on the uh, radio show on the EHM side. Love his stuff more than The Sopranos. If you have uh, never seen a Gandolfini movie, go for it, my man. Go for the Mexican. Uh, he's in it very sparsely, but get shorty. He's magnificent. Supporting role in uh, The Crimson Tide. He's awesome in that. Uh, the man who wasn't there, he's fantastic in that film. He's got a really good film career. He was in Zero Dark Thirty. I have not seen that yet. But uh, people said he was great in that. Uh, intense guy, tough guy, very hard on himself. But uh, you see the results. Just some of the best acting. Some of the best acting ever. And uh, a lot of people asked me what my favorite scene was when I was talking about him the other morning on the uh, radio side of things. And I said the Whitecaps episode where him and Carmela, Tony Soprano and Carmela, finally, finally decide that they are going to split up and they argue. That episode, to me, is not only the best episode in Soprano's history, but the finest moments in acting history for both James Gandolfini and Edie Falco. In that scene, you got two world heavyweight champions of acting going at it, sparring, switching off lines in that scene. It is just some of the most magnificent acting I've ever seen. I'm going to put the uh, scene for you, if you're listening through uh, iTunes or something like that, I'm going to put this scene up on anthonyonair.com under the podcast page. Just click on that. It accompanies this podcast episode. You'll be able to see my favorite scene right there and uh, some of the other uh, best scenes in uh, Sopranos history. I'll throw that up there for you. But right now what you're going to hear is uh, myself watching this scene and just recounting some of the amazing moments because it's easy to just watch the scene and just be like, wow, that was a good scene. But unless you're picking up on every little intricacy, you know, you're really missing out on the genius of these two, specifically James Gandolfini. There's just so much to it. So I did this in studio, and you can play along at home. You can play the clip and play the podcast at the same time, or you can just, you know, listen to the podcast, listen to me go through the clips, and then um, you can uh, watch the scene afterwards. It's really, really one of the best uh, moments of acting I think I've ever seen. So uh, without further ado, we go from the car back to the studio as I screen in the Whitecaps episode of The Sopranos, the fight between Tony Soprano, played by James Gandolfini, and Carmela Soprano, played by Edie Falco. If you've never seen The Sopranos, what's happening in this scene is uh, Carmela finds... I believe it's like a, um, oh, no, no, no. It was, uh, it was, Tony had a girlfriend. She was a Russian girl, a Russian immigrant. Tony winds up sleeping with her cousin. The uh, The old girlfriend finds out about it, gets so pissed off, calls the uh, Soprano residence, freaks Carmela out, and that sends them on this whirlwind of this is finally it. Like they fought over women before and, and, and Tony Soprano's side, you know, flings before, but for some reason for Carmela, this was it. And you see Edie Falco and James Gandolfini just act the shit out of this scene. I mean, there's the most brilliant writing and there's the most brilliant acting. I realize you'll only be there to hear it on the podcast, but you'll be able to see it if you go to anthonyonair.com, but it's just so brilliant. So they've been arguing on and off 
As breakups tend to go, it's never just let's have a fight and we go our separate way. These things tend to take hours and days and weeks. And this is one of those sessions where, and we've all been in this, I think, at one point of our life and or another, where we are going through a tough time, whether it's a breakup or a death in the family or something, and you're, you're smack in the middle of shit, just absolute shit. And you just know it's going to be a while until this gets better. You know, like this is a shitty situation and it's just going to take a while till it gets better. So let's start with this scene. You could be so sweet. Nobody can make me laugh like you. Camilla, who the fuck did you think I was when you married me, huh? You know my father, you grew up around Dickie Moltisanti and your Uncle Eddie. Where, where do you get off acting all surprised and miffed when there are women on the side? You knew the deal. Deal? And your mother can talk all she wants about what's his name in his fucking chain of drugstores. You and I both know that the other boyfriend you were debating marrying was Jerry Toofy with his father's snowplow business. And we now know that that wouldn't have suited you at all. You really don't hear me, do you? You think for me it's all about things. No, no, I forced all this shit on you. What you really crave is a little Hyundai and a simple gold heart on a chain. You were so fucking hateful. Just the looks. Now, you can't see it, but the looks they're exchanging. They're in their little pool house, right, just next to the pool. Uh, they're having this exchange, and, and it's just it's so powerful. First of all, the writing is fucking awesome. The writing is so good. In this scene, you know, we've all been in those arguments where you bring up the ex, you know, and, and what you turned into. But clearly it's a case where these two characters, they're on a roller coaster ride, just out of control, right? Their life has come. They started out a certain way. Think life just happens to you. And now you're at this breaking point, you know, where he thinks she's in it just for the money. And she just, you know, she just wants to be the only one. Each one of them doesn't know what the other one really wants. And that's why they're both lost in each other. And the exchanges that they give. Let me tell you something. You watch this scene, it's hard to act. I'm sorry, I don't give a shit who you are. It is hard to act. Because there's all a bunch of people standing around. You're, you're doing it six or seven times over. Sorry about that. Angel just walked in the studio. You're doing it six or seven times over. It's so hard to do this. But they never lose focus. Never, not once. The looks, the breathing, you know, the way they carry themselves around the scene. It's just amazing. And this is the best. Sony's taking a drink and Carmela thinks to herself, Carmela's got something that's going to destroy him and she knows it. Women, you guys know it. Women, women know the torpedo. They know the one that's going to blow it all up. They, they save it. They save her this moment. She knows she's going to just fuck Tony up with the next thing she's going to say. And she walks to the other side of the room and she takes her time and she delivers it so well. Can I tell you something, Tony? Don't pretend like I got a choice. And just brilliant writing, like that line right there. Like he's so frustrated with her. He's wrong. He cheated. But he's going to use his opportunity to call, to blame it on her. There's just so much going on in the subtext of this scene. It's so fucking great. The last year... I have been dreaming and fantasizing and in love with Furio. And listen to her voice. Listen to her voice cracking as she delivers that line. 
I have been dreaming and fantasizing and in love with Furio. She's nervous. <laughs> and Gandolfini slowly turns around. He laughs to himself. He's like, I got to hear this, you know. But I think he even knows she just fucked him up. Like, that just fucked him up. Like, he knew it's okay to have women on the side. But to have the mother of his children think unfaithful thoughts, not even act on it, but think unfaithful thoughts, that goes far against his creed. Every morning when he'd come to pick you up, I would look forward to it all night long in bed next to you. Those nights when you were actually in the bed. Now watch this on anthonyonair.com because as she's talking, they're, sh they're shooting Tony at the same time. They're flashing back from her and him. And as they're going in on him, they're slowly moving in on Tony. And you see Gandalf, the fucking acting chops on this guy. He's just, the facial expressions, the way he moves his hand from his hip, the adjustments that he makes as it's going on is just so unbelievable. Forward to it all night long in bed next to you. Those nights when you were actually in the bed and he would ring the doorbell, I felt like my heart would come out of my chest. He would smile and we'd talk and then you would come down the stairs. She's breaking and his I felt heart. Probably like someone who is terminally ill and somehow they managed to forget it for a minute and then it all comes back. You all. How chilling is that? So what Tony does, what Gandalfini does is he runs across the room, pushes her up against the wall like he's going to knock her out. And for a second, I think she's genuinely afraid. Obviously, she would be. He's a big guy. He's wielding his hand at her. What I think is fascinating about it is, and this is where the writing comes in, this is what tells you that The Sopranos is a great show. Here's a guy, right? Here's a character who has murdered. He does plenty of illegal things. He takes the sacrament of marriage not seriously whatsoever. He breaks every rule he possibly can. But he does have standards. They're crippled and fucked up. But he does have standards. He won't hit a woman. He's so pissed. He's right there. He's fi She's finally got him angry enough that he raises his hand to her. But it doesn't matter. He still won't hit a woman. He won't hit his wife. How they managed to forget it for a minute. Unbelievable. You, listen to her gasp. Back. Listen to him breathing. Listen. And he just lays into the wall right behind he her. He you all. Poor you. He made me feel like I mattered. And, 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 and Edie Falco runs away as he's bashing into this wall and then you talk about brilliant writing he fires out the line he talked to you oh poor you now if you know anything about the sopranos poor you has been a saying that's followed throughout that whole series tony's mother said it to him one of his ex-girlfriends had said it to him destruct like when like you talk about a destructive phrase whoever delivers that line typically is a real piece of shit and now, for the first time in the series, Tony delivers that that poor you line. And what's great is, as she's running away from the hitting, and he's hitting the wall, and then he delivers this line, she comes running back and goes right she into his you face. All, poor you. He made me feel like I mattered. You know, you asked me the other day, what I read his cousin has that you don't have. And I thought about it, because it's a pretty good fucking question. 
And yeah, she's sexy enough, even with the one pin gone, but that's not it. I could converse with her because she... And that's great. So he sleeps with a woman who has only one leg, and they 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 know enough to write one pin. Because this guy, he wouldn't be politically correct at his own house as he's screaming at his wife. He would say something like one pin. Because it's a pretty good fucking question. And yeah, she's sexy enough, even with the one pin gone, but that's not it. I could converse with her because she had something to say. I am here. I have things to say. Besides bring the fucking chairs down and did you sign the living trust? She's a grown fucking woman who's been kicked around and she's been on her own and she's had to fight and struggle. Unlike me, is that it? <laughs> Who the fuck wanted it like this? Who the fuck pissed and moaned at just the idea of me with the fucking real estate license? Free to sit back for 20 fucking years and fiddle with the air conditioning and fucking bitch and complain and fucking bitch. Bitch, bitch, to me, to your priest. Fuck it. And there's that's their whole relationship summed up in one thing. He wanted someone to talk to. She says, I'm here. I have things to say. He says, no, you only bitch and complain and moan. You do nothing. At least this woman with one leg was fighting and clawing for her whole life. And she turns back and says, you're the one who bitched and complained when I wanted to get my real estate license. I mean, this is like 20, 25 years of a marriage that was doomed from the moment they each said I do. And it took 20 some odd years, however long the marriage in the scene. I mean, just brilliant. It took 20 years to, for this marriage to fall apart and it falls apart in that moment and they sum it up with a page of dialogue right there at the end of this fantastic fight. That's all it was, a series of miscommunication. He wants this, she thinks that. She expects this, he he thinks she expects that. It's just miscommunication at the end of the day. It's so fucking brilliant, this stuff. It is so fucking brilliant. That's why the people who go, oh, the Sopranos, it's so offensive, the Italian, they're fucking idiots, those people. Those quickly offended people, they're idiots. This series was written so well, it was acted so well, it was just Brilliant. That entire relationship is summed up right there, and that's in those little couple lines at the end. Who knew all this time you wanted Tracy and Hepburn? Well, Tony, what about the thousand other fucking pigs you had your dick in over the years? The strippers, the cocktail waitresses. Were you best friends with all of them, too? You fucking hypocrite. She calls him out on his shit, and he's got nothing to say at the end of the scene. Beautifully acted, man. Beautifully, beautifully acted scene. That's why you look at all, and, and I got this, this scene is up there on the on the uh, anthonyonair.com, and there's a list of some of the other great moments, and there are some great moments. Everybody talks about the big pussy hit. You know, everybody talks about... Uh, this moment or that moment, but to me, that scene right, that whole episode is great, the White Caps episode, but that scene right there, that is acting at its finest. Those two characters, they're the only ones on scene for probably half of that episode, and they carry that entire episode so brilliantly. I don't know if there's a better scene in the history of television than that scene right there. Just amazing. Just amazing. 
uh, I was talking about these, these these things on the air on the uh, radio show at WEHM, and uh, people were asking me, what's your favorite scene? What's your favorite scene? And I talked about this scene, but I thought the podcast was a good opportunity to kind of really kind of lay in and see all those things. Can't play this stuff on the radio with all the cursing, and I could bleep it out, but it's just, it's just not the same. So that's what's great about the podcast, because it's an opportunity to go and look into these things. And if you're listening and you can't see it, when you get home, go to anthonyonair.com, click on the podcast page, and just watch that scene, man. I mean, it is so good. If you have HBO Go or if it's on Netflix or DVR or something, it's the White Caps episode. It is brilliant. It is so brilliantly done and so brilliantly executed. Um, I mean, uh, everybody who has attached to that should be proud. And that's what makes me really sad to lose uh, James Gandolfini. Now, losing the girl who's saying, I want to dance with somebody. Yes, it's also sad, but I don't know. For some reason, I just have a greater appreciation for James Gandolfini and his work. Not to slight Whitney. It's not what this is about. This is just about paying tribute to James and uh, and showing uh, my appreciation for his work and where I think he is in the spectrum of talent compared to where people in the mass media, the CNNs and the MSNBC, where they all consider talent to be. Oh, you fucking hippie. Jesus. What is with these? I love, listen. I love the deadheads, but holy shit, some of you are getting really shitty at driving. Used to be in the left lane slowing things down with some dope in a minivan or some older person that just is like, fuck it, I made it to 90, go fuck yourself, I'm driving a left lane. You know, now they're, now, they're like, now they're like people that look exactly like me, middle-aged, wonderful people with a deadhead sticker on the back. You know what? I know you're fucking rocking out to Franklin's Tower right now, but pull the fuck over to the right if you can't kick it above 65 miles an hour in the left lane. Jeez. They're just, they're just fucking all in there. Fire. Fire on the mountain. And they're just fucking doing 45 in the left lane. Hippies, I am so sorry. But it is about time I include you in the shithead category of bad drivers. I mean, I'm just passing way too many of you guys in the fucking left. Just, I get it, dude. I get it. Sometimes a song comes on the radio that just fucking floors me. You know what I do? Bam. Blinker, right-hand lane, turn it up, windows down, and I enjoy myself. All right, we've all been there. But get out of the left lane. Damn it. All right, um, the Edie Falco, James uh, Gandolfini, these fucking, these two, I just love them. I love them. I've watched this scene uh, about a thousand times today. Again, as I said, it is up for you to watch under the podcast section of anthonyonair.com. If you listen to me go through the whole thing, go back and watch it. Go back and watch it for yourself and, and try and pick up all those little things. Just their looks. They're breathing, the motions they make. And, and it's the brilliant writing. It's, it's Gandolfini, it's, it's Soprano deciding, I'm not going to hit my wife even though I really want to. I'm going to hit, like he's still, this piece of shit guy, he still has some honor in him. He's got a code and he lives by it. It may be crooked and it may be messed up. It may be okay to kill people. But in his code, it's not okay to hit his wife. And he lives by that code. He lives by that coat. He can't. He doesn't know how to live without it. Unbelievably good scene. Check that out. 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm just a big fan. I, I, I was lucky enough to catch James Gandolfini um, in a play called God of Carnage with Jeff Daniels and uh, Marsha Gay Harding. And uh, Gandolfini, he was just brilliant. He was just brilliant. I'm so happy I got to see that guy live, and uh, he is definitely going to be missed. As I said, Ants Flicks Picks, go with uh, the Mexican. He's brilliant in that. Go with um, go with uh, the Crimson Tide, his small role in Get Shorty. He's still great. Uh, 12 Angry Men, he was in like a TV version of 12 Angry Men. That was just awesome. Uh, there's so much. Just IMDb Gandolfini and look through it. I've never come across a bad Gandolfini acting job. I've never. I've never come across it. I've never come across it. Maybe you want to start, start a uh, James Gandolfini uh, fan page. No one's going to take you serious unless you got a professional-looking website. Click on the iPage banners at anthonyonair.com and get yourself a professional-looking website. Under three bucks a month. 24-7 customer service and good customer service, too. You're not calling some foreign country going, what? I already restarted it. None of that shit. They're going to be there. They're going to help you. If they can't figure it out, they take down your number and they call you back when they've got it. And sometimes they just fix it for you. You tell them what you want, they just fix it for you. They're amazing. Support the Anthony on Air podcast by going to anthonyonair.com. Click on the iPage banner. While you're there, click on all the banners. You're doing some shopping on uh, Amazon? Click on the Amazon banner. Do your shopping as normal. We'll get the credit. That helps support the Anthony on Air podcast. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. R.I.P. Gandolfini. And we'll see you next time on the Internet. <laughs>